Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I'm of course, as always, your host Chris Dees. Before we get started, please make sure you hit subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and follow if you're listening on any audio platforms. Thank you very much. My guest today is a lady I'm really, really excited to speak to. You may know her from her time in TNA as one of the more memorable and recognisable managers and interviewers that they've ever had in the company's history, even all the way up to today in Impact Wrestling. You may know her as a... just. Just a badass recording artist as well as part of her band, Goldilocks. She's, of course, the one and only Goldilocks. Thank you so much for joining me. This is so cool. That was a nice fanfare. I appreciate it. I'm getting so lazy (laughs) podcasting these days. I don't even do that. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I always like to take care of my my intros. I don't know why. I don't know why. I've done it since day one. I just like to big up my guests a little bit. I really appreciate you giving me your time. So the least I can do is tell people how awesome you are, you know? Uh, how many podcasts has this been for you now? Uh, <clears throat> coming up to a year and a half now. Okay. So um, I think on I think on YouTube, I've put out I've done over 100 videos now. It's been probably about 120, something like that. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, you're doing it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I went solo. I used to have two co-hosts, then one co-host. Went solo in June. I was really nervous about going solo. But my first ever um, solo interview was with your very good friend, Mr. Vince Russo. Aw, well, so that's, that a was... good, that's a good per- person to be a good yeah. talker. And that <laughs> is really scary. It is scary because I used to do a show with Vince, you know, and then mm. then Vince was like, you can just go do your own thing. And I was like, I, I didn't know what what to do, <laughs> you know, but scary. But it's fun when you got a hundred and some plus shows under your belt. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. How how did your like your not partnership? That's the wrong word. But obviously your your podcast is on Russo brand dot com on, on Vince Russo's network. So how did that come about? I know obviously you worked together in TNA. Did you just always remain friends? We weren't, we've always remained friends, but like Vince is one of those kind of people that you don't have to talk to for years. And then you just kind of pick up where you left off. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we've had, we've always been friends. We've never had any bad blood and Vince just went and did his own thing. And I kind of lost track of him and, um, I always knew he was doing his brand and whatnot. And he just reached out and said, I, I want to talk to you. And he was looking for uh, like kind of doing a Howard Stern gimmick with him as Howard and then a, a Robin, like somebody that could hold their own. And he wanted to call it bucket full of chicken necks. Or I think he already had something like bucket full of chicken necks and he wanted to revamp it into this model. And um, I was like, sure. So, you know, I just went ahead and, and did it and we did, we did it for a long time. And then, just some stuff hit the fan and like uh, he was just like, you can go ahead and do your own show because I can't, I think I don't want to get into his business, but like, there's just some, some red tape with some things. And he just said, yeah, I'm offering you your own show. And I was super paranoid and I'm like, so, so I'm going to do my own show. I won't make any money. And I don't know what I'm doing. And you know what I mean? Like, and then I was, I really debated it. I really, no, I really debate. I really debated it because I was like, I talked with some friends that do podcasting and they were all like, Oh no, no, do your own. And you can make all the money. And I'm like, make what fucking money? Like, do you know how hard this is? Like, I've got a huge audience over here or I go on my own and like without Vince, you know what I'm saying? And just like, that's not, and I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to not listen to anything that, the people that I trust are saying, I'm going to go with my gut and that's stay on a, on a platform that 
has a following and an audience and grow it. Um, it's so much easier to sometimes just say, I'm going to go do this and the grass is greener, but, it, but it's not, you know, yeah. and, and it's really, really hard to, to get guests every week. Um, and then I get them and they no show like, or they, today I had a beautiful woman who got a speeding ticket and she was late and I kind of knew that was going to happen. That's why I had us push back our time because yeah. if I'm going to put my hair and makeup, get it rocking, I'm going to schedule boom, 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 boom. And I try to have a little bit of a pad in there. Um, and then I do other work in between. I'm, I'm not stupid. I don't just sit with my thumb up my ass waiting for the next gig. But, um, you know, she had an issue today. People cancel. I don't think people know, like when you podcast, just how difficult it is. And unless you're Joe Rogan and everybody's just calling you up to be on your show, it's really difficult to find quality talent that will show up and give you a good interview. But it's not difficult, but it's a challenge sometimes. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I've been let down by the same guest four times in the last week. Well, then you're a dumb motherfucker. So. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I kept giving them chances. I was like, no, no, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because like you say, like it is hard to get guests all the time. It is, it is challenging. And when you, when you looks like you've got somebody in your grasp, you don't want to let them go. Even if they do fuck you around a few times. Yeah. So. One time, one time we get one slip up and then I'll be like, okay. And then that, like yeah. there's, you know, this won't come out till later, but there's a couple people today that I that have already stood me up last week and I'm like, all right, great guest. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm. So I've sent a message saying, Hey, are we still on checking on you? And I'm it's, you know, so, but the key to this, which I always tell people is I've got something that I I'm sure somebody else has come up with it too, but I feel like <laughs> I coined it and that's set yourself up for success. You've always heard the phrase, yeah. Oh, you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, well, don't. Don't have something else. Like if this guest bags out on me today at their, at their time, I've got video to edit. I've got photos yeah. to edit. I've got songs to write. I've got recording to do. It's, it's like, don't just leave yourself high and dry. Like always have something else to fill that time with so that you're being completely maximizing your, your productivity. Yeah. hundred percent. No, hundred percent. Every time, literally yesterday when this guest left me, let me down, I was like, okay, that's all right. I'm kind of expecting him to let me down. So I'm just going to get editing some videos like before he lets me down. So I was already busy. I think the worst thing that people do as well with podcasts, and I've noticed this myself loads of times, you've probably noticed it even more, is people go in thinking, yeah, I'm going to become a professional YouTuber. No, you're probably not. Like 0.01% of YouTubers are able to do this as, you know, as a career, I guess you would say. Like if you don't, don't do it if you're not going to do it for enjoyment. I think is in, in, important. Like if it stresses you out or it makes you angry or you're not getting enough views or enough downloads or subscribers and you're getting angry about it, just just stop. You know? I just think everybody should stop podcasting. <laughs> I really wish yeah. you would because most yeah. people are doing it for the wrong reason. Like, again, like, and I say I completely am opposite of you. I'm like, don't do it for enjoyment. Do it because you want to really get out there and hustle. You know what I mean? Because there's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to agree to disagree with you. And that, that's okay. perfectly fine <laughs> in the world. I think that it's so flooded with so many people that are just dicking around and they're not taking it seriously. And they are just doing it for enjoyment that I say, sit this one out, bro, and leave it to the professionals where the <laughs> pros are pros, leave it to the professionals because we actually really want to do it. And it's part of a plan. And I just yeah. wish everybody would just chill the F out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I think it's watering it down. Like 
too much so that you don't hear the great people that are out podcasting because there's just so much noise with all the other little piddly doodahs. And I'm not being negative and I'm not being mean. I'm just like, every time you throw a rock, you hit somebody that's got a podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Something um, during COVID, there was when I was with my old co-host, there was one Friday in particular. He told me that 30,000 new wrestling podcasts were signed up on that day, on that one yeah, Friday. And, That's crazy. And Amazon, Amazon during COVID sold out of all uh, mics. Like, like you couldn't get any sort of podcasting mic. And that's what I that's why I was just like, crazy. come on, like some of us really do this and like depend on it and yeah. and need it. And then it's like. Every, everybody, even some guy that I was going to date that stood me up. Then I saw, oh, he's got a podcast. I'm like, no wonder you wanted to <laughs> hang out with me. You just wanted to learn about podcasting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's so watered down. It's so oversaturated now. But but anyway, right, let's talk. Let's talk wrestling. Let's talk you. Um, I want to go right back to the start. So before wrestling, you obviously you formed your band. You had you had Goldilocks. Um, mm-hmm. You have supported some huge, huge acts like off the top of my head. Saliva. Maroon 5, One Republic, Pink, loads and loads, loads more. When, when I was looking into it, I was like, wow, I had to take a, a step back. I was like, that, that's a pretty impressive list. Like, how did you make that transition into wrestling then? Because it's not the most, you know, the most common career path to go from music to wrestling. No, I, but it is when you have a lawyer. I had a lawyer that was uh, uh, the lawyer for major music acts and then, you know, did was starting up TNA's promotion with the Jarrett's. So it's really any success that you see out there is it's, it really is true to say it's all who, you know, and I knew somebody really powerful at that time, you know? So they, they introduced me, they opened up the right doors. Like anytime you see somebody and you're like, how are they doing that? Well, they're either giving really good blowjobs or they know <laughs> some powerful people. And I knew somebody really great who really, really hooked me up and, and walked me through the right doors. Now I had to show up which we were talking about earlier, you have to show up and actually have some talent, I hope, and, and bring something to the table. But usually how all of this stuff starts. And I, I, I interview so many people too. And I'm like, how did you get that? And they're like, Oh, so-and-so brought me in. That's a wrestling term. You're always talking about so-and-so is bringing you in, or, you know, that's how you bring your buddy to the match or dark match or back in the locker room. And, and that's how, that's how history is made. So I had, I had a really um, powerful connection that helped me. Hmm. So was it, was it something that you wanted to do or, or was it like no. pitched to you? Is, were you just completely pitched blind? Right. Nope, pitched, pitched blind. No idea. It was never anything I uh, set out to do or aspired to do or even wanted to do. So glad that I did it, but yeah. <laughs> which can attribute to, you know, why I just had this attitude, like I didn't really care, which was true. That's a complete shoot. I look back in hindsight and I'm, I'm embarrassed of it, but you can't change the past. I wish I would have been more present. I wished I would have been researching the boys and girls back there in the locker room and all the wonderful things that they did. Goldie's closet on Russo's brand is basically redemption for all the times I screwed up. And I basically have all my, my old, not old in age, which is longtime friends on the podcast to apologize to them because I didn't care, but it made for a really good character because it, I legitimately was like, Oh, what am I doing here? Like, Oh, what's this? Like, and these, you know, men and women that have done amazing things. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, a real like just laissez-faire, didn't give a shit attitude, which made for an interesting character in hindsight. And a lot of people have told me that it's not me saying, oh, well, it was an interesting character. You know, I pay attention to what people say. And it's easily it's it's either she sucked so bad, which I didn't when I look back. I was pretty funny and dry, dry yeah. humor, sarcasm. Yeah. Um, I either they either say that I sucked real bad or like it wasn't it was 
just something different, something refreshing, something that you hadn't seen in wrestling before, because I did, I truly didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sort of like, it came across a little bit, but you were also thinking as a fan watching like, oh, like she's really good at not caring. Like maybe she really doesn't care. <laughs> no, I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I, I was just like there. Um, I enjoyed all the people that I work with, but I had no idea like what they, I didn't know they were from WCW or I didn't know they were in WWE. I didn't know I wasn't in the wrestling world. I was just kind of thrown in and I was, I was to sing. I wasn't even supposed to maybe do some backstage interviews. I wasn't supposed to manage or even take bumps or or wrestle. Glad that I did, but literally no idea what was going on. And nobody knew what was going on in the early days of TNA. You just showed up and just all hell broke loose. Anything went, you could say whatever you want. You could curse, you could swear, you could sexually abuse somebody. Basically nobody cared. It was just, it was like, because that's what happens in real life. You know, people at work make comments. They're off color. They are degrading. They are funny. They are extreme. And you just go about your work day. And unless you're a complete pussy and pansy, you go to HR and go, Ooh, I got my feelings. Or, you know, if you're really like somebody's doing something that's going to harm you or you're going to get raped or beat up or molested or something. Well, hell yeah. But if some guy just makes some dumb comment, like guys do like, you know, there's, you know what to let slide and what not to. And women are just as bad. Like they make plenty of comments and plenty of things. But if some guy went to human resources and said, Oh God, Sandy in accounting, she said I had a nice ass, you know, I mean, that wouldn't fly, you know? So it's like double standard, Charlie there. You just, it was so wonderful to just basically be able to do whatever you want to do. And there were no cameras back then. Like you could just do stuff after, you know, after matches and after pay-per-views when you went out, like just shit hit the fan, like old school style and nobody knew about it. And maybe you heard about it on a rag or whatever, but nobody was filming stuff because nobody really had phones with cameras. (laughs) Like it just was, it was, it was a fun time. Now it's just like, uh, now everybody has a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like it's no it's no offense to tna because i always loved tna but it did feel a little bit like a circus at yeah. times like it was just it just you were watching it thinking like oh this this seems pretty real i think that's why people loved tna it's, for like- i would yes i would hope that that's why they loved it it was very real and very organic and it was live yeah 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 it was that's that's one of the things that attracted me to it uh, how old was i i was like 13 14 15 at the time so that i was at that sort of age where you know like those kind of things when it was a bit ruder and a bit more like off the cuff and you couldn't tell because reality tv was a big thing then as well wasn't it started to come through and it felt very real um you mentioned about how you know if you went to hr and complained about that kind of shit you'd just be laughed at was there anybody in tna at that time that was like that was there anybody that that took things badly was there anybody who didn't you know play along with the guys because the roster back then was really quite diverse. There were quite a few really, really younger guys, um, sort of new-ish to the business, but then loads of legends and old-timers and people and veterans who'd been around in like the 80s, and they'd been around that environment a lot more than the younger guys. So did were there ever any like altercations, any issues backstage? Oh, there's plenty of altercations. As far as with me... Um... Man, those guys treated me like gold. I get asked many times to comment and come forward on, you know, speaking out or this or that. And nobody did anything to me. They were fantastic. If anything, it was somebody not in the direct office, but in a connected to office that was doing some sexual harassment. And 
um, you know, I that's in Jerry Jarrett's book. And I brought it to Jeff and Jerry and Bob Ryder and said, what do you want me to do with this? And like they said, we'll handle it. And they handled it. And the guy never bothered me again. Like, that's just how it went down. He wasn't somebody that they could rock the boat with because he was linked to like their financial backing. So what are you going to do? Mm. You just figure out some hot chicks to bring backstage and like let them connect and leave Goldie alone. So that was the only crap that I dealt with. And like when I went to them, they were they took it very seriously because they didn't want to lose their money. They didn't want the money train to go. And I didn't want to say anything because all my new friends would now be out of a job. Like we wouldn't have any funding. We'd be done. So that's that. As far as that, that's a good question though. Like, I mean, people had heat back back in the locker room backstage, um, real heat. People really tried to kill each other. Um, you know, like people would tape their arms, um, with metal so that if they did like a flying clothesline like that, they could kill the guy. At least he'd get a concussion out of the deal, out of the deal and cough up some black blood or, you know, there's a lot of dirty playing back then. And what are you going to do about it? Like nobody's going to do anything about it. So again, no cameras, no real accountability. So for the most part, for pretty much a hundred percent of the part, everybody treated me amazing, just amazingly well. Yeah. And it like, sounds like when you did have that issue, at least it was dealt with pretty swiftly. Well, yeah, not, for, yeah. not, I'm sure not for my, um, from, for me, like oh, not because they, <laughs> they were concerned about me and my feelings, but just, you know, as a good business idea to, yeah. to, to, uh, handle your business. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. What was, um, what were Jeff and Karen like to work for? I've had Jeff on the podcast. Uh, it was only a short interview, but he was really cool. Really nice guy. So knowledgeable. Like he knows everything about wrestling. Like all the old can, school stuff. If you could actually even get Jeff on your podcast, because he usually just does 15 minute chunks, like that's a big deal. So you must <laughs> be doing well if you can get him. Um, he was just on my podcast last week. Yes, I saw uh, yeah. I've never met Karen, never worked with her. That was later oh, okay. on. So, yep. But Jeff was always a good boss. He was uh, forthright, did what he said he was going to do. I had a great working relationship with Jeff. Jeff was just very frazzled and very busy because he was yeah. in charge. So, you didn't talk to Jeff until, you know, after the show. And even then he was in intense conversations with people while they were slamming down a few beers. Like Jeff is a businessman. He will always be a businessman. And Jeff cares about business, business yeah. and numbers. Yeah, I spoke to I had um, Chris Wildcat Harris on the show last week, and he said pretty similar things. Like I've I've, I've never heard anything bad said about Jeff. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I don't know. I don't know. Every, everybody always just seems to have very positive things to say about him. And like I said, when he was on the show with me, he was an absolute delight. Um, what, what were those early days like then? Like, did anybody take you under their wing and try and sort of like guide you through? Or were you just very much like throwing in at the deep end? Not really. No. Like, so when people are like, yeah, you suck or whatever, she sucked to work with. Um, Alex Shelley was like, she was the worst person that I ever worked with in this business. Well then, you know what? Okay. So be it. But what did you ever do to like, take me aside and say, you know what, if you did this differently or you should try this now, I will say, um, Jerry Lynn was somebody that was, Hey, you should try this. This might work for you. And he was super cool. Like just chill. Hey, I saw what you did. You know, if you did the real Jerry's like a total ladies man, like he knows how to handle the ladies. <laughs> I know he's got a beautiful daughter now, a beautiful wife. Like he knows what he's doing in the female department. So I would say Jerry Lynn, uh, Elix Skipper gave me advice, but it was, it was more on dating in my love life. Cause I was having a lot of problems back then, never about the business, but like, he was always one to just tell me to just 
give somebody a second chance or chill out or think about it or sleep on it. Um, Eric Watts was great giving me advice. He would, uh, very diplomatic, just right in my face. You know, you say it like this and you, you build, like he was great. Like, I didn't know what psychology was in wrestling. I didn't know people's path. I didn't know anything. I, I was, just, I don't care, girl. Like I'm here to just do my thing and rip on the dups and, you know, commentate and do my backstage interviewing. But, um, he, uh, Eric, Eric was very, very good at, at helping me as well. And that's about it. Mortimer Plumtree offered me a little advice from the very first pay-per-view. Um, I would say the only other person that, of course, guided me is Vince Russo. But Vince guides you by saying, what do you want to do? Okay, not even why do you want to do it? Let, let's make that happen. And let's take your idea and let's make it the best bang for the buck that we can get. Like, that's what Vince, Vince is just really good at taking what other people already do and figuring out a way, not even to make it better, but to facilitate it. But of course he makes it better. But yeah. I, Vince was the most powerful person that I had in wrestling. And it hurts me when people that don't know him or, you know, they don't, they don't know what's going on behind the scenes and like, Oh, well, he did this. And he did, he had great ratings when he was with WWE with WCW. He, he, he did really good by them. And when your stuff's tanking and not doing well, and you risk the, facing, you know, losing your show, well, then you're going to think of out of the box things to do. And I think it's so easy for people to just sit at home on their armchair warrior watch and view these matches and think like, oh, I do that. You don't know what you do. You're not looking at the hard numbers. You don't know who's staying and who's going home that night. Like just shut up, enjoy it, be entertained and stick to what you do, which is going to work every Monday through Friday or whatever it is that you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's so many armchair bookers and, like I said, people who think that they could run an entire company. Like, I have only ever spoken to one guest. It was Jasmine St. Clair. She had her... She, she only had, like, a smaller promotion, but she was still in charge of her promotion. Um, wasn't even really on the radar of any fans, particularly. It was so small time. But even she said, like, nobody in the world knows how much it takes to run a promotion of any size. And yet, here we are... I mean, I've I've fallen foul of it. I've done it a few times myself, saying, "Oh, I could do this better. I could do that better." I think we all have, but I don't really mean it. But there there are people, especially on Twitter, who genuinely think that they could run WWE if they were just dropped in there right now. People are yeah, insane. Yeah, you don't know a shit about anything. You can just shut up. Like you don't. <laughs> when it comes to all of the things that you have to do and bending over backwards and asses that you have to kiss and. My dad used to always say to me, you know, nothing in life is free. And it's like, if things look like really good, there's going to be catches and bullshit and fine line and fine print and things that you have to do. And, you know, sometimes you're rolling along and then something else just stumbles in. And you're just like, I wasn't counting on that, you know? So, yeah. 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 I've got to say as well, it's, it's always nice to hear somebody say nice things about Vince Russo because I'm a big fan of the guy. Like I said, I had him on the podcast. It was back in June. So like, as I said, yeah, my first solo interview. And he was so awesome and so humble and so kind. And he, you know, after I told him at the start, like, this is my first time doing it. And he put me at ease. He made me feel really comfortable. He took about five, 10 minutes extra after the interview as well to just sit there and talk to me and give me advice and say what he liked or what he didn't like, what I can improve on. Like he just, I understand people... 
didn't like some of his booking, maybe, or they didn't like the Attitude Era. They say it was degrading and all that kind of shit. But like, well, you watched it, didn't you? If it was so degrading, then why did you watch it? Yeah, it didn't stop you, did it? It wouldn't have been degrading if nobody watched it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like people that bitch about porn. You know what I'm saying? And we should do away with this. And then, well, have you watched it? You know, like guilty, you know, so I can't really I got to watch what I say. So if you have to watch what you say, then maybe you just shouldn't say anything at all. Yes, there we go. Perfect. That's it. That should be the motto. If you have to watch what you say, just don't say it at all. If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Old Um, saying, but it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So so how about like your your the latter days of your time in TNA? Like what what? Were there any circumstances around you leaving the company? I've read something in the past about Abyss, that there might have been something going on there with Abyss. Yeah, Abyss lied and got me fired. It's water under the bridge. I said I was going to take a bad bump and sue the company. Obviously, if I was going to sue the company, I would have sued him when I had proof of massive sexual (laughs) harassment from the investor, you know, from one of the backers. If I was going to do it, I would have done it then. So I was so pissed about that and I didn't understand, but I was getting too much camera time. So I guess a lot of the boys didn't like that. Some crazy girl that was in with Vince Russo and the office was they're putting all kinds of, you know, vignettes and things like that, that I look back and I'm like, ah, it really didn't have anything to do with anything. It was two chicks in a bikini or it was me getting mad at a cell phone store. I can see where people would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I get it, but there's just better ways around it than lying about something, making up a story that isn't true and getting somebody fired. I mean, I've seen abyss since it's like, maybe, maybe he did me a favor. Maybe if I would have been there six months more and took some bad bump, I would have broken my back or broken my neck or been debilitated for the rest of my life. Who knows? I believe in God. I believe in the universe and angels and karma. And I just think that there is some grand, I call him God, Jesus controller. That's just like, I got to move my chess pieces around so that I hear and answer as many of the prayers of the people who worship me like need and want. And I got to move things around. And maybe part of the part of the puzzle was that I got booted so that somebody else had that opportunity or that I got booted so that I didn't get hurt or that I got canned so that another opportunity would come my way. I don't I don't question it anymore. I don't get mad. I just go forward, go forthright, doing the best job that I can and learning from all of the mistakes that I made. Like I said, my podcast on Russo's brand is basically redemption of, hey, will you come on my podcast and let me apologize to you? Hey, Shark Boy, will you come on and let me apologize to you? Hey, Jeff Jarrett. Hey, 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 D'Lo Brown. It just, the the list never ends. You know, just me like, I didn't know how great you were. I didn't know how, the only person that I haven't gotten on my podcast is Elix Skipper because he's not doing them anymore because his child died a while back and he's just done with talking to people. But I did see, some sort of post with somebody saying, I want you to my podcast. And he said, if I ever do do them again, Goldie's get my first, <laughs> my first one. So I was like, ah, Elix. So with the exception of Elix, who I still keep in touch with on social media and see all the great things that he's without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
is doing. I just keep having people on and on and on to apologize and to make things right in the best way that I can. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's really nice. And they're, they're, they're always really candid conversations as well. Like even, even just how you spoke to me today, like you don't hold back. You're really just upfront and honest about things. And I really like that because I, I have so many guests on the show that don't want to rock the boat. They just want to sugarcoat everything, but I want to hear the real stories, you know, and that's what, that's what people get from you. Well, I'm not in the same position as some of the people that you have on that are sugarcoating. You know, you got to really watch what you say every time you do anything or you write anything because they'll cancel you out and come back a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years later, they'll come back and said, oh, well, you said. And some of the people that you have on that are sugarcoating have way more to lose than I do. So, you know, I appreciate you putting me over and I appreciate the compliment, but we got to go back and look at, you know, where they're at as well. Like there's a lot of stuff that I really wouldn't dig deep into because maybe it wouldn't hurt me, but it would hurt the people that are connected to me. So, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but we still have to respect them for even coming on your show and and talking at all. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's a privilege just to have them on in the first place. I know I completely agree. Um, So uh, like around your exit, obviously once you did leave TNA, um, from what I remember of you in TNA, like you were always on TV, regularly used, managing, interviewing, you were recognizable, had a great look, loads of charisma. Were there ever any discussions like to maybe go to WWE or anywhere else once you left? Were there any any no. contact? No, nobody oh, no. did anything. No, nothing. No, because uh, I would have taken it. Um, I've always wanted to go to another promotion. I would love to go back to TNA knowing now. I wish I knew then what I know now. Well, I know I shit done <laughs> now. I'd love to go back and do something. And I, I put that out into the universe all the time. I'd love to go back and be the most evil heel that ever walked the planet and tell a backstory of abyss or tell a backstory of, mm. of somebody, if they brought them back, like, because there's so much nostalgia going on right now with all of the, the reruns and the, the repackaging and rebranding of the old TNA stuff coming around. And I know like it's cycling through now and I wish it would come back around again because it was so cool getting to meet new people that are like, Oh, I just discovered you or this promotion, or these are really cool characters or good wrestlers. And, um, I, I would love to go back or I'd love to come on something new and tell a backstory. I really, really would. I really would. Do you still keep up with, with the product now? I know you weren't really arresting Some, somewhat because I have to interview everybody. So I go and I look yeah. at their stuff. I mean, because of the job that I have with Russo now, um, I keep up with a lot of the promotions and a lot of the indie people. I really enjoy um, interviewing independents that are up and coming or even just really trying hard and giving them some spotlight. Uh, of course, I like to have more well-known guests as well. Everybody in between, there's room for everybody. So I do keep up because of because of what I do. Yeah. What, what do you make of, I know it's a pretty broad question, but like, what do you make of the business now compared to when you were in it nearly, nearly 20 years ago? Like how things have changed? Um, I think everything is just like the same for everybody now, like for everybody on TikTok and for everybody <laughs> on Instagram. And I just feel like, I feel like, well, I'll go the negative and I'll go the positive. The negative is it just like, what are we doing here? Like, eh, I don't feel like it's it used to be like it's not real because of the moves or because it was choreographed or which it's very real. Um, now I feel like it's not real just because I feel like everybody's just sort of pretending that they're wrestlers and pretending yeah. that they're in the business and look at my Instagram and look at my social and blah, 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 blah. Now the positive of it 
So I interview a lot of women and it's like very similar story backstories on most of the women coming up in wrestling. Now they all have gymnastics or martial arts background and they are fucking fierce on fire. So to take that sort of, um, training and, uh, history and bring that forward. I think there are some really, really, really powerful, uh, female and male, um, new up and coming workers. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm really glad for that, for the business. I think there has been, uh, I think the emphasis on promos and talking has gone by the wayside because we don't talk anymore. We just get online and look at stuff and swipe left or right, or hit a like button. It's not the same as, the old school really selling an injury and you didn't go out in public with your, you know, who you were feuding with. And, and it, it, I really bought it. I really believed it. And it was more magic. Now it's just like what we were talking about with the world of podcasting. It's like, it used to be cool when somebody said you have a podcast and now it's like, Oh, I have a podcast too. So does my anus. (laughs) So does my mom. My grandmother's got a podcast. So does my, my boss. It's like, so some of the, some of the magic like that, I think, is gone in wrestling today. I, I am glad to see on the positive end so many promotions that are getting, you know, getting attention. Like it's not just WWE or we came along and it was TNA. That was it. You know, there was some little piddly things. But like now everybody's sort of like it's sort of like the best metaphor that I can make is it used to be in Minneapolis where I grew up. There was Dayton's and there was Donaldson's. There were two really big, fat real nice department stores, much to the similar thing of Saks Fifth Avenue, um, you know, Nordstrom's, those are two, you know, and then everything else was crap, you know, like, but now it's sort of like, well, Sears was the junker, but now Sears has pretty good stuff. So does Walmart. So does Target. Like everybody's kind of like neck and neck in that uh, gauge. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think a lot of the wrestling it's like everybody's like, oh, you like NWA, you like All Elite, you like, you know, what's the other one? There's Shine, there's, you know, different, you know, smaller promotions. It's like, there's some really good stuff out there. Who is, who are the promotions that are out there? Uh, AEW, NWA, TNA, uh, WWE, MLW, uh, NLW, Ring of Honor. Obviously they Ring just- of Honor. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is, is you, back in the day, you only knew. WWE, WCW, that was it. You didn't really mainstream wrestling. You didn't know about all the the other people that were up and coming. Now, when you look at somebody like, um, oh God, her name just, oh, her name completely just escaped me. She's Hispanic. She's like the hottest chick wrestler that's out there right now. And I'm blanking out on her name. Come on. She signed somewhere, Thunder Rosa. It is Thunder Rosa. Thunder so I'm Rosa. just saying like Thunder Rosa isn't on WWE, but everybody knows who she is. Yeah. So that's something that's really powerful and great about social media, word of mouth and what's going on today. Yeah. That's social media. Think. Social media can be great. And like you said, especially for independent wrestlers who are trying to get their names out there or their shows out there. You always see loads of indie wrestlers supporting other indie wrestlers as well, which is lovely to see. Yes. But then on, on the negative side, like <clears throat> I always bring up this example. Um, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman were in the middle of like a red hot feud in WWE. And literally at that time, there was a, um, a WWE tour in Italy. And they were taking photos of each other and posting them on, on Twitter with their arms around each other. I'm like, you're, I, I get it. I, I get that you don't really hate each other, but, you know, it's like the suspend your disbelief, that kind of thing. Yeah, like well, it, tr- and- 
it trickles into other things. You know, it trickles into other things. It's like if somebody's like, well, I'm in a relationship and I'm not physically doing something with this guy or girl, but like you emotionally are attached or you're emotionally, you're sending text messages all the time, which I really have to watch because like, you know, I have a great, great Patreon, which I'd love to plug. It's Patreon yeah, slash yeah. Goldie with a Y Goldilocks. Got a great Patreon and there's a lot of access to me there. And most of the, I'd say 80% of the people are very normal. They've got mm-hmm. the normal amount of interaction. You know, you, you sign up for a tier, three bucks, eight bucks, 15 bucks. And it says on the tier, you get this much access to me or I'll answer this many emails. Well, of course, I don't answer that many emails. I answer way more. Of course, the people that are on yeah. the, what is it? Virtual locks or whatever. It's 50 bucks a month. You get a video call for 10 minutes. It's never 10 minutes. It's always an hour, you know? So it's like, I always give way, way more, but you have to be careful. There's that 20% of the people that get on there and like, they literally have a fucking emotional uh, relationship going on with you where I, I I'd like to answer their email, but it's like, they're starting to get the wrong idea. And they're starting to fantasize in their mind that there's something more here going on than it is. So back to the point that I'm going off on a rant about is, you know, for people that are on vacation and yeah, we all know it trickles into just a whole vibe and the whole territory of, well, if that isn't real and the storyline isn't real and the feud isn't real, then what else isn't real? People just love to ask questions. You know, is this even real at all? Like, are they even taking bumps? Is it all simulated? Is it? So if you're going to do it, like we go back to the beginning of the podcast, if you're going to podcast, do it and mean it. If you're going to be in pro wrestling, then do it and mean it. Don't just something to do or, you know, I tried it. It's kind of working like what I used to do. Thank you. Don't be like me. Don't be that person that doesn't care, care, care a lot. If we cared more in the world about things that really mattered, not about that your friend wears a mask or this guy didn't get a vaccine or he did, or I don't, you shouldn't care about all that stuff. Like that's their personal preference. Care about the stuff that matters, you know, and that's just being, being true to your art and your sport. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Absolutely. Spot on. Like I, um, I, we, we keep talking about podcasts and how there's so many podcasts. I'm trying so hard. Like I've had some huge names on the show. I've had Eric Bischoff as well and Vicky Guerrero, wow. Al Snow, Lance Storm, some 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 big names, you know, some legends of the business, uh, Larry Zabisco, Bill Apter. But there is such an oversaturation that I am doing my absolute damnedest to, to get somewhere, <laughs> you know, and, and to, to be successful. And I'm making money from it. You know, it's monetized, make money from the audio platforms as well. Not much. But it, it, it is there a little bit. But um, I think, yeah, it's the oversaturation. There are so many podcasts out there who... I think what really annoys me is the people who complain, but they don't market themselves well. They don't they, they don't put in that effort. Like, oh, why have I got nobody watching? Why have I only got 100 subscribers? And I'm like, because you're doing one tweet a week. You know, you're not trying to get yourself out there. Well, you did say... You should be doing it if you enjoy it. And that is also very good advice. Anything that you do, anything that you do, um, you should actually be enjoying it and well and have passion. And like a dog smells fear, people will smell your passion for it. And, you know, I, I hope that I come across as being passionate and I always try to do nice promos and good graphics and quality work. And, and I do really try hard to, but it it gets a little, like I'm looking at my Twitter and I'm looking at this this person that stood me up and I'm looking at the message. Hey, no, 
I, I don't think I don't, you know what, bro? It, it doesn't look like she's coming. Are we? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think that I don't think she's coming. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I know. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for that attitude. It's hard. Like I say, it's hard when you're you're trying so hard to get guests, especially when everybody else is getting the same guests. That's another thing that really annoys me. Like. I reached out to you because I thought you'd have have interesting things to say, be a great chat, which you have been. But I also reached out to you because I thought, well, I don't see you going on many other shows. I know you went on Hannibal. Obviously, you've done stuff with, with Russo in the past. But um, so many wrestlers now, especially if they've just been released by a company, will just go on like 50 different podcasts in, in the space of a couple of weeks. And they all get like less than a hundred views and, and, and everybody's upset. Like, Oh, I spent $500 on this guest. Why didn't I get any views from it? It's like, you got to know, uh, you got to be different, got to be unique. How many podcasts are out there who just do wrestling news? Mm-hmm. You know, Millions. There are millions mm-hmm. of them that just do the same thing. And I try and stick away from news. I just want to have great conversations with people, get to know the people behind the character, behind the wrestler, you know, maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I don't know. You have a company that I was doing some work with and am doing some work with and you're you're part of the part of the world. And we put out Colin the Cheapskates, which aired uh, November of last year. Yes. And that's and then there's another guy that's always doing videos ripping on me. What's his name? Daz. D-A-Z. Do you know who he is? No. No, not, not yep, he's a really, really popular guy who basically just in the UK sits and rips on uh, reality TV and he just oh. uh, throws you to the wolves and it's hysterical. So um, I love the UK. I, I love all that and can't wait to do more work over there. Definitely. It's fun. <laughs> Definitely. It is. It's a, it's a place like not no other. Um, right. I wanted to throw a few names at you. I don't know if they were in in TNA around the same time that you were. I feel like they were over those couple of years. Um, just want to know what they were like to work with, really. Just people that I'm a fan of. Um, if they were cool, if they were not cool, if you've got any stories that you want to share, keep All it right, brief, go into detail, whatever you want. Um, so AJ Styles is a name I have to ask about. What was he like to be? Because he's been in TNA, was in TNA forever. Yeah, I mean, AJ Styles was one of those really sweet guys that I remember the first day that I met him. I think his wife was with him at the time. Um, always walked the walk. Somebody that I still from time to time reach out to or have a quick word with. We're not like friends. We don't hang out or talk on a regular basis. But he um, was always super kind to me. And I remember he was one of the faces that came and flashed in my mind when I I was like, I could get a lot of money if I sue this company right now. Like I could get a lot like the proof that I have and the sexual harassment that I have on calls to my, you know, my, I had a little voice recorder that I would record under that. Like, like what this guy is saying is so wrong and so inappropriate. Like I could literally get probably millions of dollars for this. And I remember when I thought about that and then I thought, but what about all these people that this is like a shot for them? AJ was one of the first faces that popped up in my mind. I was like, well, what about AJ? Well, what about Elix? Well, what about these guys that have families and like they're really going for it? And this is an opportunity. Like, so AJ was one of the first people to pop in my mind of why not to go after money. Um, so that says a lot about him. I remember seeing a cardboard cutout of him being on tour with the band at some fuel stop station somewhere across America, we were going on our tour bus 
And I walked in and it was like he was hustling some energy drink or something. And I just saw the cardboard cutout of him. And I thought, I'm really glad, Goldie. I'm really glad that you just kept your mouth shut and didn't say anything back then. Because if you did, maybe this cardboard cutout wouldn't be standing there. Not to take anything away from AJ and his incredible talent. I'm sure WWE would have sucked him up. But would they have? Would they have seen him? Would he have, would he have been able yeah. to be loud enough to get to them with the social media not being what it was? Would he have been 35 or 40 before they ever, I don't know. You know, I just say he's one of the people that I made decisions and choices with my own life based on the friendship that I had with him. Yeah. Yeah. I really respect that. I really do. That's, that's, that's <laughs> lovely. Really sweet. Um, so, okay. Another name. Um, this one, I'm really not sure if he was there at the same time. New Jack. Oh yeah. New Jack was all about business. New Jack was all like super intense and just working the angle, working the interviews, working everything. I had to take this out. It's too hot working everything. Um, so him and Sandman and all those guys, you know, I, I was in bits with them and, and I, I did, uh, look at this piece of shit jacket just falling apart (laughs) on me while I'm talking to you. It's like, it's a, Faux leather, vegan friendly. Well, the problem with non-leather is it starts flaking like (laughs) whatever. Little TMI. Just very serious, very calculated, very professional. So um, me and my laissez-faire didn't really care about what was going on world. You know, we didn't sit down and have like a... And again, we did not sit down and have a lot of conversations. What a fucking idiot, Goldie. Seriously. (laughs) Like, really, bro? You have all these people that you could have been talking to. What a book that I'd be able to write right now. But I was just too busy being stupid. So that's my new Jack story. Always super pro. Always all about the business. One of the not old. He's not old timer old, but his philosophy and his mentality for the business is keep it sacred. Keep it kayfabe. Protect the business. I respect that greatly about him and Sandman. Yeah. A lot of people talked a lot of shit, obviously, when he passed away. I was really sad. I didn't know the really? guy personally. What a did they say? Oh, just, you know, all of his controversies and the things that he's done in the past. and Like what? Uh, I think the main one is the whole um, throwing the guy off the scaffolding and trying to kill him, that whole thing. And all the, do- all the stuff from Dark Side of the Ring and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I don't even know about all that stuff because when I worked with him, he was totally cool to me. So, yeah. you know, I don't even know about all the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of it, but I, I like I said, as a fan, I just tend to ignore it. Um, okay, uh, so AJ, um, New Jack, Lex Luger, I think he was there around that time. I didn't work with Lex. No, uh, I know, I know lots of stories about him, and again, like I'm sure people have lots of stories about me, and they're not positive. All the stories <laughs> that I know about Lex aren't that positive, but um, obviously the guy's doing something right. He's made it this far, so I never did work with him. I know he's really done a, a 180 360 whatever well he, he's turned things around and that's that's all that i look at is the guy that he is now it seems like a lot of people do like him so yeah yeah there's there's um there's another name who i really really hope that you you did work with or at least cross paths with because everybody's always so nice about dusty roads oh nothing bad to say about that guy he was Good. all business a lot like he was like a way nicer version of jeff jarrett at work. Jeff's great to have, you know, and then he's nice on pods and everything, but Jeff was just very calculated, very serious. Dusty was too, but he also, especially with the girls, he just made you feel special. And he was, uh, he always made you feel like 
you had his undivided attention, which is very rare, especially even now when you have conversations with people. I get mad when I have like my bandmates will be talking to somebody and they'll just be like, I'm like, this human being is giving you their conversation and their time. At least look them in the eye and listen. So many times that shows people are just like looking off. Just again, what's greener? What's on the other side of the fence? What's better? And it's like, if, if somebody's talking to you and engaging in a conversation, then look them in the eye and have the conversation. If you need to go, this is just say, this has been great. I got to go. It's really good talking to you and then move on. But don't be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like Dusty always made us feel, me, that he was really listening and, and, and really talking to me. And he was really there. So was Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart was this cut from the same cloth. And great constructive criticism that he would give. It never made you feel dirty or like you needed a shower or like you were beneath him. Or he always had a really cool way because he's a leader, because he's been in this business for a long time of saying something constructive, constructively to you that made you really want to, oh, I want to try that. Oh, really? Well, if Jimmy thinks that, like it was always real cool. Same with Dusty. Uh, that's good. That's good to hear. Like I said, I've only I've, I've asked a few guests about Dusty who've been lucky enough to work with him and they all only ever say good things. He like past or present would have been my dream guest to interview. I think he would have been incredible. All the stories he'd have had, all the old school mentality. Mm. I'd have loved that. OK, uh, one more name to pull yeah. out. Um, CM Punk. Oh, totally yeah. cool to me. I didn't I didn't hang again. Eh, dipshit. Didn't hang with him like I should have never saw it coming that he would be the great CM Punk that he is. I just thought he was just a nice guy. Like I didn't, I didn't recognize his talent. I didn't recognize AJ's talent either. I didn't know what talent was. I was just there to kind of like hang out, tell some stories and interview people and get irritated and look sarcastically mad. And um, I didn't know that CM Punk would blow up the way that he did. I'm so glad that he did. And again, I go back to, again, not putting myself over, but I'm so glad that I didn't sue the company when I had the chance. Because again, who knows where that would have led or how it would have manifested or whatever. I'm glad I kept my mouth shut because because TNA was around long enough to maybe cultivate some talent that maybe wouldn't have got quite the amount of shine that they did. I'm sure they would have anyway. Again, not taking credit. I'm just saying he's one of those names where I'm like, man, I'm glad I kept my mouth shut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Like you say, like the social media wasn't a big thing. Nobody really knew about the independence too much. Um, And we know that Vince McMahon wasn't one to like keep his eye on anything other than WWE. So you're right. I think a lot of these guys would have probably either just floated around or given up with with not many. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that. I just I go back to like, did I do something right or what could I do better? Yeah, absolutely. No, brilliant. Thank you very much for that. That was great. Um, so let's let's bring it around. And I want to sort of like wrap up a little bit by talking about what you're up to now. Goldilocks, the band, you know, you're, you're still touring. I know you've got a couple of dates coming up soon in, in February. Obviously, you've got the podcast as well on, on Russo brand. Um, uh, you the show on TLC as well. So like you're, you're a very, just, very busy yeah. woman. I'm just waiting. I'm really looking forward to more of TLC or more of calling the cheapskates or more of TV because with that brings amazing opportunities for um, more shows and more places to play. And you just keep on creating original content, keep on recording, keep on writing new things. And uh, I just can't wait to get on more festivals and more fairs. And if anybody's listening and you have a contact someplace, whether it's UK based or here or wherever, like we just want to play. Um, we want to play big shows. It's just really, really fun with the wrestling training that I have and the world that I've been in for the last 20 years. 
I think it gives the band an incredible edge and I'm really proud of that. So just continuing on, got a great Patreon. That's what I mentioned. Patreon slash Goldilocks. It's, it's a lot different than a lot of the other girls. Yeah. There's some sexy content on there, but there's also a lot of people that need coaching or need advice or need a friend. And I'm a good virtual friend and the whole band gets on discord chats every week. It's a blast. We know all of these people, we know their, their shit in and out. And it's a really great support system to have. And, you know, you're supporting us monetarily with a couple bucks each month. And then it's kind of cool to see like the music videos that we put out because of you. You're in the credits. You basically did it. You're executive producer. It's not like, oh, they're giving us money. We'll make them like you really are. Like we really get your input on things. We get your ideas for content and for, you know, storylines. And it's it's really fun. There's another show on there called Tub Talk where I'm in the tub. No, I'm not fucking nude. So don't get mad and be like, oh, I can't see your tits. And you never will because that's just not the kind of show that it is. It's a PG-13 show where I give you advice on what chicks really think about guys. Like, how often do you get a real, you know, intense behind the scenes view on what chicks really, really think? Well, you do. So very proud of very proud of some of the content on Patreon. And again, love all the people on there. So that's what I'm up to. Thank you for asking. Mm, Awesome. And where where, other than Patreon, where can people find you on social media channels? It's Goldie with a Y, G-O-L-D-Y, Locks, and then Rocks, R-O-C-K-S. So love a follow on Twitter, Goldie with a Y, Locks, Rocks, or Instagram, Goldie with a Y, Locks, Rocks. Facebook, that interesting land of people um, all, all over there, lots of Facebook pages. So yeah, Twitter and Instagram preferred, but whatever, wherever you wherever you uh, social at, I'd love to be your friend. Yeah, I stick away from Facebook a little bit. It's a little bit, uh, a bit weird. Bit it's weird way weird. There's a lot of characters on there. Like you get a lot of characters on Twitter, a lot of angry people, but I can deal with anger. Facebook is just straight up weird people, crazy I don't, people. I just get so many people hating on me. And I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't even know who you are. Well, you're one of my <laughs> friends. I'm like, yeah, because one year when I got Facebook, I was accepting everybody, but I don't know who you are and I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you actually <laughs> followed me on Twitter before I followed you. And I was really pleasantly surprised. It was about probably about a month ago. It just popped up like Goldilocks has followed you. I was like, wait, that's that's not Goldilocks. Surely that's, that's somebody. Me. That's someone with like 20 followers pretending to be Goldilocks. Some weird nope, guy. That's me. That's me like, with wow. a shit ton of followers and still no blue check mark. And I just gave up caring. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even care. Very I'm like, possible. I see people with no followers who haven't done shit, who've got a blue check mark. And I've done so much stuff in my life and I've got no check mark and I don't care. I bring it up just to say, don't even care. Don't even care about that. Yeah, I saw you and I saw what you're doing. I was like, oh, I want to follow that guy. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'm glad you did because it led to this and this has been a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I appreciate you, honey. A genuine pleasure. Really appreciate you giving me your time. Um, Guys, girls, thank you for listening and watching as well. Like I said at the start, please hit subscribe. Please hit follow. Drop a comment. Let me know how you enjoyed this episode. I've got a Patreon as well. I've got a mailing list. It's all in my link tree. Just hit me up on Twitter. You can find it all there. And yeah, I'll look forward to catching you next time on It's My Wrestling Podcast. (laughs) 